let's talk tomatoes because the smell of them up close is something that always makes me think straight back to my childhood. And of course, having tomatoes in abundance in all shapes and sizes is summer on a plate. Now, my next guest on Saturday morning here on RNZ National is gardener Kath Irvine. Her book and website is The Edible Backyard and she has some simple advice and steps for successful tomato growing. Kath, Atamarie, thanks for being with us. Good morning, Susie. So tomatoes are, they're one of the best things about summer, I think, from your garden, certainly. Um, how to grow them, though? What are some of the, the, the fundamentals that you need to get in place to, to make sure you get a bumper crop? Well, I'm so glad you said that word fundamental, Susie, because that's really at the heart of it. And somehow, I think because we can go to the shop and there's bags and bags and bags of cool looking stuff we can buy, we've forgotten about the very basics that actually make all the difference. So I'd be really keen to run through them and I'm going to Mm. start with um, the most important thing for tomatoes. They're a summer crop and they need the warmth. And just because it's December, it doesn't um, necessarily, like I'm way down the bottom of the South Island at the minute and um, it's barely warm enough really for tomato planting and that's the real key. We want to wait until it's nice and toasty. So if you're raising them from seed, it needs to be 20 degrees in that seed tray. And if you, when you're planting them out, it can be a little bit cooler, but kind of around about 18 degrees Celsius in your soil. So you can see right away, they really, they really enjoy it warm. And that's why we grow them in, in greenhouses. If you don't have a greenhouse, you can um, mock up that warmth with a big black plastic pot. Not, not often I advocate for plastic, but <laughs> in this regard, it's a real winner because it really warms up, the, warms up the soil and you can get your tomatoes growing a little bit earlier. I mean, I in my live-in garden, before we hit the road, I only ever actually grew in my greenhouse. I didn't even bother growing outside because hmm. it simply wasn't warm enough. So warmth is really, really important. And you can judge that. Just I love a soil thermometer for this. It's just it's a cheap, handy tool, and you can really estimate the – you don't have to be guessing then. You really know, you really know how, you, how you're going. And kind of tag-teaming with the warmth is drainage. That makes an epic difference for tomatoes who hate to be wet. And it's one of the biggest differences that people, they turn around their tomato growing with just this one thing, getting the watering right and the drainage sorted. And there's really no shortcut for sorting the drainage. I mean, I have got lots of detail on my website for that. Um, But even if, you know, sometimes people think, oh, I'm in a poorly drained area. I'll just make a raised bed up on top. It's not actually a, a very good hack at the end of the day because the health of the soil on top is connected to the health on the soil below and poorly drained soil is airless and therein lies the problem because hmm. the water the water displaces the air and in that scenario fungal diseases just run amok and they really they really thrive you've got to have that air in there so in a in a poorly drained area, I'd actually be growing my tomatoes in pots or containers while I while I worked out how to sort my sort my drainage out. Hmm. They actually grow tomatoes grow really well in pots. They're not actually a, a massively deep rooting deep rooting plant, so they go they go well. But the poorly drained soil is also also tends to be colder, you know. So we're kind of you know we're getting back to that warmth, getting hmm. back to that warmth thing again. So, so if you have to if you have to kind of um pick I suppose especially if you're a bit of a novice um 
Mm. Better to err on the side of dry rather than the side of wet? A hundred percent. They really prefer dry. And if you can really, over the years, I, I, I kept meeting these, these older growers who, who were who are really encouraging me, no, just just water less and less and less. I keep pushing it out. My initial test used to be if I pushed my finger into the soil and it felt a bit moist at my fingertip, um, then I would leave my shadows until another day. It took me quite a while to work up to that because it feels just too dry, but gosh, my tomatoes really started to flourish. And then I met um, wonderful uh, Jeremy Rawlinson and Foxton, who taught me to go two fingers deep. Gosh, that really took me a while to get there. But <laughs> tomatoes, uh, this is once they're established, I have to say. This is not when they're little wee babies. But tomatoes really prefer that um, that dry environment. Gosh, they really flourish. And I think that's at the heart of I'll be bold and stick a number on it. 80% of people's problems with their tomatoes is they're just watering too much. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah, makes a, makes a huge difference. We have lots of questions coming in, though. Um, I, I suppose, bet. Uh, yeah, lots and lots of questions. Um, just before we get to them, uh, what other things are, are worth kind of thinking about in terms of tomatoes, especially if you're rearing them year after year? Absolutely. The variety plays the biggest another it's another key component and you see all these things is there's no silver bullet with tomatoes it's the same for all our crops it's the coming together of all of these little conditions it's real it's just about meeting meeting their needs it really is that simple um, the right variety plays such an enormous role because not all tomatoes are going to love your place and the way to find out is local gardeners um, gardening groups, that kind of thing in your in your hood, get advice from them about mm. tomatoes that grow really well and save the seed. And so this um, sends you towards our heritage and our heirloom varieties because you can save the seed from those. You cannot save the seed from the F1 hybrids. Mm. Um, so even though they may grow like crazy and be, have amazing crops, it's kind of, it's, it's not that resilient, is it? Because mm. then you're always having to buy your seed. And, but tomato seed is really easy to save. And if year on year, it adapts to your place getting stronger and stronger, and you end up with these really resilient tomatoes that are um, that really cope with um, pests and disease um, in- incredibly well. So variety is a real mm. is a really important part. The other the other thing to do is really focus on is feeding. It's another thing like watering. Most people I find solve problems when they stop overwatering, and it's the same with overfeeding. As a general rule, home gardeners wickedly overfeed their gardens. <laughs> um, once again, I think you can go out and buy all these bags and you go, oh, that sounds good, that sounds good, and keep pouring more and more and more onto your garden. In actual fact, all tomatoes is to get all those conditions lined up, the drainage, the warmth, the variety, mm. rah, rah, and homemade compost. And mm. good homemade compost, it's really worth it learning how to do it. I'm a fan of cold what's called cold compost, which mm-hmm. takes a longer time to brew, but it's full of beneficial fungi. That's my favourite um, feed for tomatoes. Another thing that's really great are vermi castings. Seaweed is another thing. Very, very simple things, not rich stuff. Mm. And so um, learning to make compost is really and, – and actually homemade compost is it sets all your crops up, so it's really worth the um, – really worth the – 
effort. Mm. Mm. So things like, and it, we've got a question here actually, which is what to feed tomatoes growing in bags, which obviously is something that um, quite a lot of people do. Is that where you'd be going for things like the seaweed rather than a kind of a same, commercial one? Same, same. Yeah? Yeah, rinse, rinse and repeat. I'd be using um, homemade compost vermi castings if you can get them. Vermi castings are brilliant, especially in pots where the plants don't have access to all the beneficial uh, uh, biology going mm. on and you can get them really uh, get vermi castings quite easily these days which is quite exciting mm. um, another, and yeah a bit of a bit of seaweed on top yeah lovely another one here from Mike in Hamilton uh, saying I've heard that burying fish frames under tomato plants plants will help them produce abundant fruits so long as the dog doesn't find them first is that correct <laughs> well I guess I mean fish frames fish is wonderful for the whole garden um, as a as a my general rule is that you get all your organic matter going into your compost and then when it breaks down in your compost, you really get that mineral availability from whatever raw ingredients you've got. Um, especially for our annual plants, if you bury a fish frame, say, under a, a citrus, which are, are hungry and need that bit extra, um, you're not going to end up in such a wobbly situation as you can if you're overdoing minerals in your in your garden. Mm. I'll be getting it in. It'll be the calcium from the from the frames that mm. um, that um, people are obsessed with with tomatoes because it is important. But you have to have it in the context of all the minerals. And really, it's far better when it's already broken down. Then you get that really good balanced mineral availability. Mm. Um, the other thing with fish is to actually make a liquid feed with it. Fish, uh, a fish liquid feed is incredible um, for your toms. Um, stinky though, which is a bit of a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. um, here's another one, uh, another question into us at two one zero one, saying, "Can you ask about diseases and?" pests. Um, last year our tomatoes developed and dropped brown leaves and it affected the fruit. Someone else asking about the tomato fruit worm. What sorts of uh, oh, yeah, advice do you have about that? Well, one, once again, with with disease, just focus on setting that good environment with your homemade compost, all the things we talked about. With, with pests, there is a little looper um, caterpillar. Mm. I'm a huge fan, Susie, I hate to sound too simple, of a daily walk in the garden. And um, <laughs> it's as good for your garden as it is yeah. for you. Kick your shoes off, go for a walk and check in on everybody. If you've got a small garden, it doesn't take very long, and just squash the beginnings of any pests that you see. Mm -hmm. um, if they get overrun, you can you can um, use a bit of BT, uh, a product with BT, or I hate saying this, Bacillus I think mm. is the full name. Um, there are a few products out there with that in it, um, orga organic ones, and uh, um, and spray that on for caterpillars. A walk in the garden sounds like some great advice. Hey, thank a you very much, uh, Medikini yeah. Mete as well. Kath Irvine there, talking about tomatoes. <laughs>